very neat and blessed be. Welcome one and all to the Spiral Dance.
Mary Mead, and welcome to this week's edition of the Spiral Dance. I'm Hawthorne, and I'm very happy you could join me. We're just listening to The Last Dance, doing Do You Believe in Angels? Well, do you? The urban myth is the subject of this week's show. Why do we tell each other these stories? They're always so extreme, and they're fantastic, that really the rational mind knows they can't be true. But not only do we tell them anyway, we in fact listen to them as well. Maybe these fantastic set of circumstances just might be real after all. The urban myth has a lot in common with traditional myths and folklore in the way that they satisfy a need for storytelling. It may be that the urban myth expresses a feeling that we live in a world that might actually be in total chaos. I'm going to have a spiral dance spell of the week towards the end of the show. That is all coming up for you. Right now, here's Wendy Rule with Psyche's Sisters here on the Spiral Dance with Hawthorne.
Dolan. From stories you can't even talk about without dying, to girls living in shadows waiting to drag you to hell, we count 15 scary stories told around the campfires of history. Number 15. The White Death, a story from Scotland about a little girl who hated life, so much to the point that she wanted to destroy everything and everyone she knew. She committed suicide and only a few days later each member of her family were murdered, their limbs torn apart. The legend goes that upon learning about the girl's death, her ghost finds you and knocks on your door, slowly knocking louder and louder until you open it and she kills you. Number 14. The tale goes, a kid is sleeping in her bed when she hears the sound of tap water, so she heads over to the faucet and tries to plug it up. When she returns to the bed, she lets her arm drape over the side to let her dog lick her fingers, which it does. The dripping continues, but not from the faucet. She checks her shower only to discover her dead dog, dripping blood, with a note on top that reads, Humans can lick too. Number 13. Cowhead, a Japanese legend about a story so haunted that simply telling it usually leads to death. One group of students were taken on a field trip, and on the bus, the teacher decides to tell a scary story. As he begins the story called Cowhead, he gets more intense and involved, foaming at the mouth. The students yell for him to stop, but he can't. All of them were later found with the bus in a ditch, all foaming in a sort of trance. All of them had blocked out the cowhead story and wouldn't even discuss it afterwards. Some even died a few days later. Number 12. Cosmetic Sesame, a South Korea story about a girl super conscious of her own looks. She heard about a new beauty treatment involving soaking alongside sesame seeds in bath water. She decided to give it a go in her own bath, but several hours later her mother got worried and forced open the door when her daughter refused to open it for her. She was horrified to find the girl crouched in a corner of the room with seeds lining every wrinkle and pore in her body, roots visibly growing inside her skin while she attempted to painfully remove them one by one. 
Number 11. Girl from the Gap. The spirit of a Japanese girl who lives between the darkened gaps of furniture, doors, and drawers, waiting for you to meet her gaze. She will then ask you to play hide and seek, and the next time you meet her, she will pull you into the gap and drag you to either hell or an entirely new dimension. Number 10. Midnight Game. A game for kids like Bloody Mary, but with rules far more convoluted and terrifying. Before midnight, you write your name on paper. And dot it with your own blood. You turn off all the lights, place the paper in front of a closed door, put a candle on top of that, and light it. Then knock on the door 22 times with the 22nd knock at exactly midnight. Then open the door, blow out the candle, and close it again. Relight the candle, and the game begins. The midnight man will wander through your home. If he catches you, you will die. The game ends at 3 33 am, but the midnight man may not actually leave after the game ends. Number 9. The Choking Doberman. An Australian legend about a couple who came home one night only to find their dog choking on something. The man panicked and actually fainted while the woman races off to the vet to get a dog seen to. She returns home to check on her husband when the phone rings. She picks it up only to find the vet hysterical, saying she needs to get out of the house now. As she and her husband run downstairs, a policeman passes them claiming the dog was choking on a man's finger, that the intruder might still be in their home, and sure enough, they found a burglar unconscious in the bedroom. Number 8. Noporobo, a Japanese creature that likes to frighten humans. It will appear in your life as an ordinary human being, usually impersonating someone close to you. As you let down your guard around the creature, it quickly drops its facade, causing its face to disappear, leaving a blank, smooth sheet of skin where the face should be. This creature was the original inspiration for the monster we know today as Slenderman. Number 7. Hello Kitty Murder. A 1999 Hong Kong abduction of this 23 year old woman by three men held captive for a month and tortured relentlessly every day. In the end, she died. Her body was chopped up and disposed in the trash. Her head sewn inside a Hello Kitty doll, which became a press icon for the case. A 13 year old girlfriend of one of the culprits complained to the police that. The ghost of the murdered woman visited her frequently, and upon checking CCTV, the police noticed ghostly female forms wandering the streets. The criminals were given life sentences. Number six Black Volga, a story coming in from Poland about a black Volga car frequently spotted on the streets in the 1960s, supposedly driven by kidnappers looking to steal children. According to legend, Soviet officers would drive similar cars in Moscow during the 1930s to kidnap young girls for sexual pleasure. Nowadays, people have claimed this black Volga to be driven by priests, vampires, or even Satan himself. Number 5. Tiki Tiki, a Japanese schoolgirl that fell onto train tracks and was cut in half, her legs and half a torso torn clean off. She was supposedly returned as a vengeful spirit carrying a blade. Traveling around on her hands and elbows, all the while making the dreaded scratching noise as she drags along the ground on her upper torso. Tiki tiki. She attacks people too slow to run away, slicing them in half with her blade, just as she had been sliced by the train. Number four Midnight Bus, an old Chinese tale about a man boarding a bus at midnight alongside an old man. At the time, the bus was empty aside from these two. But after a while, two more passengers entered the bus and sat down. 
The old man immediately jumped up and accused the other man of stealing his wallet, which he denied. He suggested they jump off the bus and go to the police station, but the man found when they did indeed get off the bus that the old man wasn't angry. He said, I just saved both our lives. He then claimed the other two passengers that just came on had been flirting, that there were ghosts, and when the midnight bus was finally found days later, all inside were dead and the petrol tank filled with blood. Number three, Slit-mouthed woman, a legend found in both Japanese and Chinese cultures about a samurai's wife who cheated on her husband only for him to find out and slit her mouth from ear to ear. It goes that she still wanders the earth dressed in a surgical mask asking people, am I pretty? To which she then rips off the mask and repeats the same question. Anyone who doesn't respond positively is slaughtered by the slit-mouthed woman. Number two, Mayanak Phra Kanong, an 1800 story from Thailand about a woman called Nak married to a man named Tit. He was called away by the army just as she got pregnant and while he was gone, she died during childbirth, killing both herself and her child. When Tid returned, he found her and their child's ghost, pretending to still be alive, fooling him. Nak would go around killing any neighbours that might inform Tid that she and her baby were actually dead. Eventually, Tick realised the truth and Nak was sealed in a jar to be thrown in the canal until she was eventually released from her prison and vanished. Number 1. The Greek Soldier, a legend from World War II about a Greek soldier returning from the war to marry his fiancée. Before he could, rebel Greeks captured him, tortured him, and eventually murdered him. During the 1950s, rumors grew of a handsome soldier seducing beautiful virgin girls and impregnating them. After the babies were born, he would disappear and leave a note explaining he had to spread his seed that his sons might avenge him. That's it for this countdown. Never go Okay, so we're discussing urban myths and urban legends this week on The Spiral Dance. An urban legend or urban myth or even urban tale or contemporary legend is a form of modern folklore consisting of stories that may or may not have been believed by their tellers to be true and often possess horror implications that are believable to their audience. Despite its name, an urban legend does not necessarily originate in an urban area. Rather, the term is used to differentiate modern legend from traditional folklore in pre-industrial times. So, for this reason, sociologists and folklorists prefer the term contemporary legend. Urban legends are sometimes repeated in news stories and in recent years distributed by email or social media. People frequently allege that such false tales happen to a friend of a friend. The phrase has become a commonly used term when recounting this type of story. Some urban legends have passed through the years with only minor changes to suit regional variations. One example is the story of a woman killed by spiders nesting in her elaborate hairdo. More recent legends tend to reflect modern circumstances like the story of people ambushed, anesthetized, and waking up minus one kidney which was supposedly surgically removed for transplantation a story which folklorists refer to as the kidney heist. The term urban legend as used by folklorists has appeared in print since at least 1968. Jan Harold a professor of English at the University of Utah, introduced the term to the general public in a series of popular books published beginning in 1981. Brunbond used his collection of legends 
in his 1981 book, The Vanishing Hitchhiker, American Urban Legends and Their Meanings, to make two points. First, that legends and folklore do not occur exclusively in so-called primitive or traditional societies. And second, that you could learn a lot about urban and modern culture by studying these tales. Brunvan feels that the term urban legend is less stigmatizing than urban myth because myth is commonly used to describe things that are widely accepted as, as untrue. The more academic definitions of myth usually refer to a supernatural tale involving gods, spirits, the origin of the world, and other symbols that are usually capable of multiple meanings. The writings of Joseph Campbell, Carl Jung, and Northrop Frye are examples. Many urban legends are framed as complete stories with plot and characters. The compelling appeal of the typical urban legend is its elements of mystery, horror, fear, or humor. Often they serve as cautionary tales. Some urban legends are morality tales that depict someone, usually a child, acting in a disagreeable manner only to wind up in trouble, hurt, or dead. As Jan Brunvan pointed out, antecedent legends, including some of the motifs, themes, and symbolism of the original text can readily be identified, causes in which there is some likelihood that at least a partial inspiration has been located include the death car, traced by Richard Dorson to Michigan, the solid cement Cadillac, and the possible origin of the hook in the 1946 series of Lover's Lane Murders in Texarkana, Texas. The urban legend that Coca-Cola developed the drink Fanta to sell in Nazi Germany without public backlash originated as the actual tale of German Max Keith, who invented the drink and ran Coca-Cola operations in Germany during World War II. The teller of an urban legend may claim it happened to a friend which serves to personalize, authenticate, and enhance the power of the narrative. Many urban legends depict horrific crimes, contaminated foods, and other situations which would affect many people. Anyone believing such stories might feel compelled to warn loved ones. Not seldom, news organizations, school officials, and even police departments have issued warnings concerning the latest threat. In the Lights Out rumor, street gang members would drive without headlights until a compassionate motorist responded with a traditional flashing of his headlights, whereupon a new gang member would be required to murder the citizen as a requirement of initiation. A fax received at the Nassau County, Florida Fire Department was forwarded to police and from there to all city departments. Even the Minister of Defense for Canada was taken in by the legend. He forwarded an urgent security warning to all Ontario members of Parliament. Many urban legends are essentially extended jokes told as if they were true events. Urban legends typically include one or more common elements. The legend is retold on behalf of the original witness or participant. Dire warnings are often given for those who might not heed the advice or lesson contained therein, and this is a typical element of many email phishing scams, and it is often touted as something a friend told me, while the friend is identified by the first name only or not identified at all. One of the classic hallmarks of false urban legends is a lack of specific information regarding the incident, such as names, dates, locations, or similar information. 
Persistent urban legends, however unlikely, often maintain at least a degree of plausibility. For instance, a serial killer deliberately hiding in the backseat of a car. One such example since the 1970s has been the recurring rumor that the Procter & Gamble company was associated with Satan worshippers because of details in its 19th century trademark. The legend interrupted the company's business to the point that it stopped using that trademark. The internet has made it easier to spread urban legends and also to debunk them. Discussing, tracking, and analyzing urban legends is the topic of the Usenet group alt.folklore.urban and several websites, most notably Snopes.com. The United States Department of Energy had a service now discontinued called Hoaxbusters that dealt with computer-disturbed hoaxes and legends. Television shows like Urban Legends Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, and then later Mostly True Stories, Urban Legends Revealed, featured reenactments of urban legends detailing the accounts of the tales, and typically later in the show, these programs reveal any factual basis they may have. Since 2004, the Discovery Channel TV show Mythbusters tried to prove or disprove urban legends by attempting to reproduce them using the scientific method. The 1998 film Urban Legends featured students extensively discussing popular urban legends while at the same time falling victim to them. Internet urban legends are folklore stories that spread through the internet. They may be spread through Usenet or email or more recently by social media. As with traditional urban legends, many internet rumors are about crimes either mythic or based on real events but blown out of proportion. Chain letters are a variety of urban legends concerning emails that tell the reader to make copies of and redistribute the email or they may meet a terrible fate. Fake virus alerts telling people of non-existent threats to their computer are commonly distributed by email. The capacity of the internet to spread rumors has been used in marketing, for instance with the low-budget film The Blair Witch Project, which was advertised as if it were a genuine urban legend rather than a work of original fiction. Okay, now get your thinking caps on and get a pencil and paper. I have 20 questions to test your knowledge of urban myths. Some are true, some are false. Some are multiple choice. I'm going to read them slowly so that you could have time to think about them and make notes. And I'm going to um, follow up with answers in a couple minutes. Okay, number one, true or false. Some urban legends are variations on folk tales dating back hundreds of years. Question number two, which of these factors best differentiates an urban legend from a rumor? Rumors can be true or urban legends typically contain a narrative, or urban legends tend to have at least a surface plausibility. Okay, question number three, true or false? According to the strict academic definition, a story cannot be designated an urban legend unless it takes place in or somehow pertains to a big city. Question number four, true or false? The particular form of folklore known as the urban legend is almost never found outside of English-speaking countries. Question 5. True or false? There is a very expensive type of Indonesian coffee known as Kopi Luwak 
made from beans harvested after being eaten and excreted by a cat-like creature known as the palm civet. Question number six, true or false? Written and compiled in ancient Greece, Aesop's fables comprise the earliest known collection of what we would now call urban legends. Question number seven. Which of the following most accurately describes the word hoax? Is it a statement or opinion widely circulated though unconfirmed by facts or evidence? Or is it an act, a document, or an artifact intended to deceive or defraud the public? Or is it an apocryphal story often in the form of a cautionary tale told as true and attributed to a second-hand source? Or is it none of the above? Question 8. True or false? Stories circulated via the internet, as opposed to word or mouth, are not considered legitimate urban legends by serious folklorists. Question 9. Who wrote all three of these groundbreaking books on urban legends, titled The Mexican Pet, The Vanishing Hitchhiker, and The Choking Doberman? Was it Gary Allen Fine? Was it John David Chapman? Was it Jan Harold Brunvand, or was it none of the above? Question 10. Which of the following is not an updated variant of the 1920s era con game known as the Spanish Prisoner? Was it the 401 scam? Or was it the bait and switch? Or was it the advanced fee fraud? Or was it the Nigerian scam? Question number 11. The main job of a folklorist is to publicly debunk false rumors and urban legends, or is it to collect, compare, and analyze the folklore's traditional songs, beliefs, and customs of all cultures and time periods, or was it to give culturally relevant advice on manners and etiquette in social situations? Number 12. True or false? The word hoax derives from a familiar nonsense phrase long used by stage magicians as a fake incantation, hocus pocus. Number 13. Which of the following common objects do aerospace engineers routinely shoot from specifically made cannons at aircraft parts plants to test their durability? Do they shoot bowling balls? Do they shoot chicken carcasses? Do they shoot stainless steel flatware or none of the above? Question 14. Which president of the United States invented the baseball custom of the seventh inning stretch? Was it Ronald Reagan, Millard Fillmore, William Howard Taft, Calvin Coolidge, or none of the above? Question 15. According to urban legend, which African-American celebrity was once mistaken for a gangster while riding in an elevator, causing his fellow patrons, all white, to hit the floor when he said, hit four. Was that Lionel Richie? Was that O.J. Simpson? Was that Eddie Murphy? Was it Michael Jordan? Or did that happen to all of the above? Question 16. Which of the following names does not belong in the pantheon of modern folklorists? Alan Dundes, Jan Harold Brunvan, Gary Allen Fine, Richard Starkey, or Bill Ellis? Question 18. The word ostention, as it applies to the study of urban legends, refers to which of the following phenomenon? The act of producing a new variant of an existing urban legend. 
or is it the unwitting acting out an urban legend in real life? Or is it the pompous refusal to accept the untruth of an urban legend despite the preponderance of evidence? Or is it none of the above? Question 19. Which of the following states of mind is not a typical motivating factor in the dissemination of rumors, hoaxes, and urban legends? Could it be fear, or anxiety, or amusement, or indifference, or could it be mischievousness? And then question 20. Superglue was originally invented for what purpose? To serve as a sealant in automobile engines, or to replace sutures in closing wounds in medical procedures, or to aid in a bathroom prank on a fellow scientist, or for no particular purpose, it was invented accidentally. We're going to go through those questions and answers in just a few minutes. Draining my spleen over the years Find myself 
myths are a form of folklore that's always changing and being modified. Urban myths have been around as, as long as mankind has been able to communicate. When the first caveman told the, the second caveman a true story, who in turn told a third, who told a fourth, and so on, until the story achieved a widespread belief, the urban myth was born. This primitive beginning bears implications on the impact that folklore has had on our human race. From the Native Americans of the New World to the lore of Beowulf and perhaps even organized religions, the methods and content of these myths has affected us in most profound ways. The earliest term by which the urban myth narratives were known, urban belief tales, highlights what was then thought to be a key property, that they were held by their tellers to be true accounts, and the device of the friend of a friend was a spurious but significant effort at authentication. The coinage leads in turn to terms such as friend of a friend lore and friend of a friend tale, while at least one classic legend, the death car, has been shown to have some basis in fact. Folklorists as such are interested in debunking these narratives only to the degree that establishing non-factuality warrants the assumption that there must be some other reason why the tales are told and believed. As in the case of myth, these narratives are believed because they construct and reinforce the worldview of a group within which they are told, or because they provide us with coherent and convincing explanations of complex events. Recently, social scientists have started to draw on urban legends in order to help explain complex socio-psychological beliefs, such as attitudes to crime, childcare, fast food, SUVs, and other family choices. Here, scientists make an explicit connection between urban legends and popular folklore, like Grimm's fairy tales, where similar themes and motifs arise. Not surprisingly, it is characteristic of groups who tell urban myths tend to react very negatively to claims or demonstrations of non-factuality. One example would be the expressions of outrage by police officers who are told that adulteration of Halloween treats by strangers, the subjects of, of periodic moral panics, is actually extremely rare if it has ever actually occurred at all. For several hundred thousand years, the oral tradition dominated as one story was passed down. An elder would tell the story to the children who in their time would tell it to the younger generation and the cycle would continue. This type of transfer is particularly enthralling because as a speaker, the storyteller may add his or her own little turn or addition to the story to fit their image of the myth. Because of this capability, the stories evolve and the myths spread unevenly and quickly by word of mouth, developing their own personalities amongst each community as, as the myths grow more concrete in their form. The social implications of oral storytelling are great. When a story is told in this format, it takes on a different persona because it involves an actual living being telling the story. Physical presence is a powerful thing, especially concerning the use of body language as well as spoken language in a speaker's narrative. This adds much to the myth that very few other forms of communication can. Another important fact concerning physical presence is the necessity of social interaction when stories are passed by mouth. 
People's impressions of these myths are very different, thus their expressions and focus are different when the stories are passed on. Okay, so how did you think you did on those 20 questions? I've got the answers for you here. Yeah, we're just going to run through them. Okay, again, the question number one. Some urban legends are variations on folk tales dating back hundreds of years. That's true. Number two, which of these factors best differentiates an urban legend from a rumor? And that is the fact that urban legends typically contain a narrative. Question number three, true or false, according to the strict academic definition, a story cannot be designated an urban legend unless it takes place in or somehow pertains to a big city. Nope, it could happen anywhere. Question number four, true or false, the particular form of folklore known as the urban legend is almost never found outside of English-speaking countries. Nope, could happen anywhere. Question number five, true or false, there is a very expensive type of Indonesian coffee known as Kupi Luwak. That's actually true. Question number six, true or false, written and compiled in ancient Greece, Aesop's fables comprise the earliest known collection of what we would now call urban legends. No, that's not true. Question number seven, which of the following most accurately defines the word hoax? Well, that would be an act a document or an artifact intended to deceive or defraud the public. That's a hoax. Question number eight, true or false, stories circulated via the internet as opposed to word of mouth are not considered legitimate urban legends by serious folklorists. Yeah, that's not true, they are. Question number nine, who wrote all three of the following groundbreaking books on urban legends? The Mexican Pet, The Vanishing Hitchhiker, and The Choking Doberman. Those stories were by Jan Harold Boonbrand. Number 10. Which of the following is not an updated variant of the 1920s con game known as The Spanish Prisoner? That's the bait and switch, okay? The others are all variants from that original Spanish Prisoner. Number 11. The main job of a folklorist is to collect, compare, and analyze the folk tales, traditional songs, beliefs, and customs of all cultures and time periods. That's what folklorists do. Question number 12, true or false? The word hoax derives from a familiar nonsense phrase long used by stage magicians as a fake incantation. Hocus pocus, that is actually true. That's where hoax comes from. Question 13, which of the following common objects do aerospace engineers routinely shoot from specially made cannons at aircraft parts planned to test their durability? As they shoot chicken carcasses. <laughs> really? Which president of the United States invented the baseball custom of the seventh inning stretch? Well, Ronald Reagan was known for sleeping, but it wasn't him. None of the presidents did that. Question 15. According to urban legend, which African-American celebrity was once mistaken for a gangster while riding in an elevator causing fellow patrons who were all white to hit the floor when he said hit 
four. That happened to all of those. Lionel Richie, the nicest guy in the world. O.J. Simpson, Eddie Murphy, Michael Jackson. That happened to all of them. Question 16. Which of the following names does not belong in the pantheon of modern American folklorists? Richard Starkey, obviously. Question 17. In Jan Harold Boonvon's book, The Encyclopedia of Urban Legends, was inspired by a scene in what famous horror film that was called Urban Legend? Question 18. The word ostension, as it applies to the study of urban legends, refers to which of the following phenomenon? That would be unwittingly acting out urban legends in real life. Question 19. Which of the following states of mind is not a typical motivating factor in the dissemination of rumors, hoaxes, and urban legends? Indifference. Everything else applies. Fear, anxiety, amusement, mischievous. Yeah, yeah, it's all part of urban legends. Question 20. Superglue was originally invented for what purpose? No reason at all. They just wanted something sticky.
Okay, that was This Ascension doing Mysterium. We also had St. Vincent in there with Severed Cross Fingers. Um, Danger Dolan was giving us the 15 scariest urban legends ever. You could find him on YouTube. And we started this week's set off with Wendy Rule doing Psyche's Sisters. Now it's time for this week's Spiral Dance Spell of the Week. And this week's Spiral Dance Spell of the Week is for Wednesday, the 21st of February, one month until spring. And this is called Winter Blues Banishment. Okay, so winters can be long and spring can seem far away in February, confined indoors by the cold and inhospitable weather. We could become depressed and lethargic. We neglect ourselves and we leave a dusty and cluttered household, right? Isn't that true? So despite that, it lifts the spirits to clean out all of the physical and mental cobwebs, we still find it hard to do this basic task. So to start, simply choose one room, preferably the room where you spend the most amount of time. Burn some lavender incense, smudge the corners of the room and yourself. Then open the blinds or the drapes. Keep the incense burning, and with your broom, walk Josel while sweeping the ceilings. Chant, sun and broom, sweep the room, fill us with spring perfume. Continue cleaning from top to bottom. When the room is finished, take a deep breath and fill your lungs with the clean lavender scent. Envision your inner room as clean and full of spring's perfume. Okay, it was offered by Gail Wood. It appeared in the 2006 Witch's Spell Day Almanac. Good time to get your um, to get a start on your spring cleaning, right? Give that spell a try. Send me an email at radiohawthorne at yahoo.com. Spiral Dance with Hawthorne here is Audra with What Your Eyes Have Seen. (laughs) 
Okay, this is Ascension doing What Your Eyes Had Seen. And that's going to do it for me for this week. I want to thank you for joining me. I had a great time talking about urban legends. I hope that you enjoyed the show. I'll be back again next week with a brand new show. Until then, merry part till merry meet again. Blessed be.